All right, for, for those of you that don't know me, I love this time of year because the grass is getting ready to start to turn green. But more importantly for me, yesterday on TV for the first time, I watched a baseball game. I love the game of baseball. I love to coach it. I love to play it. I love to see kids play the game. Now, my favorite part of baseball is when you're out on the field and the ball gets thrown and you hear that pop of the ball hitting the glove. So we're going to try to simulate that this morning here. And we're going to do it on the count of three with a hand clap and see if we can all clap together. Are we ready? One, two, three. That's pretty good. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Okay. Now, when I cross my hands, I want you guys to simulate that hand clap. Are we ready? Let's see if we can try it. I didn't cross my hands in the third time. Let's, let's see. Maybe this group over here couldn't see. Let's try it again. Are we ready? Ooh, okay. We're going to try it one more time, and I'll give you a hint. On the third time, I don't don't cross my hands. All right, here we go. There's still always one. Always one. No matter how I do it, where I do it, there's always one. Okay, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh Erd. I live in Adrian. I go to the Adrian campus here at Element Church. Um... I have a wife of 13 years. Her name is Jamie, and I have two kids. I have a son, Josiah, who's seven years old, and I have a daughter, Janae, who's five years old. And today I just want to get get the opportunity to share a little bit with you. I work for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, how many people have heard of Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in this room? Quite a few. I'm going to kind of share my story of how God has used me in the last five years of my life, and even go back farther than that, to be able to to go into full-time ministry with FCA here in Lenaway in Hillsdale County. Now, in sports culture today, how many of you would say that sports is going in a good direction? That when you see something on ESPN or you see something on the news, you see something positive about sports? I would say most people would say that's not true. We hear a lot of negative stories about, sto- about sports. We hear about steroid use. We hear about people cheating. I mean, even in NASCAR, you hear about up the bumper was a quarter inch out too far and they were cheating and their whole car got disqualified. In sports today, there's an integrity issue. And who are our kids looking at? Sports people as role models. There's 47.3 million people or kids under the age of 18 playing sports in the United States today. Only 7 million of those kids are doing it in high school. So there's 40 million people or kids under the age of 18 playing sports that aren't involved in high school athletics. For me, that's a staggering number. They're involved in things like upward basketball. They're involved in club sports, whether that's volleyball, baseball, basketball, AAU. They're out there being influenced. Who are they being influenced by? They're being influenced by coaches. They're being influenced by you as parents. They're being influenced by those role models they see on TV with all those negative influences that are thrown out over and over and over again. I want to throw another stat at you. 98% of people in the United States today are involved in sports in some way, shape, or form. Now, you're probably sitting in here going, oh, wait a minute, I don't have anything to do with sports. But I bet you you've got grandkids that do. I bet you watch sports on TV. I bet maybe even your kids have played. Sports has touched your life in one way, shape, or form with 98% of people in in society today. Now, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to to open them up. We're going to go to Romans. 
We're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'll give you a minute to get there. Here's what it says. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now I'm going to share a little bit about my story, about what God did in my life to transform the idol of my heart of sports. I was born and raised on the east side of Toledo in a small town of Genoa. My parents were divorced when I was six months old. My mom remarried by the time I was a year. I had a great relationship growing up with both my mom and my dad. Got to see my dad every Wednesday and every other weekend. I just thought that was normal, that everybody had a mom and a dad that didn't live together. I didn't know any different. By the time I got to school, that, I thought that was normal. I thought that's, what, that's how everybody was. Growing up in Genoa, baseball was king. Baseball was the sport. By the time I was six years old, I already had coaches calling to say, hey, are you going to come play on our baseball team? Are you going to sign up to play on our local Little League team? Pretty athletic, and I like sports and like to compete. So my mom signed me up. As the years went on, I started to play more competitively. I started to get calls from coaches in Toledo, which was about 25 minutes from where I lived, to come play on their teams. By the time I was 10 years old, I was traveling all over the state of Ohio to play baseball. I was getting calls from coaches in Cincinnati, getting calls from coaches in Columbus. That's all I wanted to do was play the game. My mom really wanted me to play baseball. My dad didn't. My dad was a basketball guy. He was an all-state basketball athlete at St. Francis High School in Toledo. Coached the game for 20 years, and that's all he thought I was going to do was play basketball. So for him, baseball was an afterthought, didn't want anything to do with it, and didn't want me to be a part of it. So that turned into a struggle. That turned into a battle at a very early age in, in my house, in my life, because my mom wanted me to do one thing, and my dad wanted me to do something else. And all I wanted to do was please both of them. My mom took me to church my whole life. I was always in church on Sunday, always in church on Wednesday. I could tell you all the right things, everything that needed to happen, everything you should say in church. Never really understood what a relationship with Jesus meant, though. Never got it. Never got what everybody was talking about. Didn't really understand. By the time I was 12 years old, I was playing on the national level of baseball. I was all over the country. I was had teams calling from Florida. I had teams calling from everywhere. Kentucky wanted me to come play baseball for them. I was traveling all over almost every single weekend. It turned into a 70 to 80 game schedule for me during the summer. It'd start April 1st when it was warm down south. I was traveling to the end of August, right before football started. That's all I wanted to do was play baseball. It was all about me and what I wanted. When I was 14 years old, my stepdad got transferred. He worked for Toledo Edison, which is a power company down in Toledo. And he got transferred from Toledo out to Wasion, Ohio, which is straight south of here, actually. And for me, it was like, okay, now I have to move schools. I'm end of my eighth grade year. 
getting ready to go to high school. I've got my friends all established. I've got a pretty good group of kids that I play baseball with. What's this going to look like? What's it going to look like for me? I started to get upset, mad, almost bitter at my parents. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave. We ended up moving to Wasi on the end of my eighth grade year. When we got out there, it was April 1st, so baseball was just getting ready to kick off. I didn't know anybody. Didn't know who, what the team I needed to play on. Didn't know any of the, the kids I was going to play with. I was still getting phone calls from all over the place to play on teams, so I figured, oh, I'll get through this summer playing on a team here, playing on a team there, but I didn't really have my team. That whole summer, I really struggled. Struggled to find an identity, who I was. We were struggling to find a church. We were bouncing around here and there, looking for churches to go to. We really didn't fit in this community. My freshman year, whole new school again, start high school. I was intimidated to walk in, first and foremost, because it's high school. Secondly, because I still really didn't know anybody. I get there, and all of a sudden, some of the senior class kids found out that I was athletic, and they decided to uh, take me under their wing. Well, that was good from a friend standpoint. It was a real good thing from an athletic standpoint. It was one of the best classes that Wasian ever had, and probably one that Northwest Ohio ever had. They won state football championship twice. They were in the basketball final four three times. They won two baseball state championships. And now this is the senior class that that I'm walking into as a freshman. That year when baseball season came around, there was high expectations. They were really expecting to win a state championship. I was friends with a lot of those seniors that were on that team. I ended up playing two or three games with the varsity team due to injuries as a freshman. For me, I was on cloud nine. I was like, this couldn't get any better. I left all my friends, everybody, everything that I always knew to come to this new town so I could win a state championship. This is great. This is awesome. But one thing those kids introduced me to was partying, was sex, was drugs. I was in all the wrong places. I was this little freshman kid no direction, searching, doing all the wrong things in all the wrong places. At this point, we ended up finding a home church. I was still sitting next to my mom every Sunday morning, saying all the right things, doing all the right things on Sunday. Friday and Saturday night would come around, totally a different person. My sophomore year, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a little bit different. All my friends, they left. They all went on to college. They all went, got jobs. They went and did other things. So again, I'm in this community with nobody. Searching, looking. Get through my sophomore year of baseball. We had a a decent, decent team. We ended up making it to the quarterfinals in baseball. Basketball, we got knocked out very early. In football, I started as the quarterback as a sophomore. Was doing okay athletically. Struggling spiritually, struggling with friends socially. No idea, no direction. My junior year comes. Now all of a sudden I'm starting to get letters. I'm starting to get college scouts that are coming around. 
I'm starting to get pro scouts that are coming around. They're looking. They want to know what my 40 time is. They want to know how high I can jump. They want to know how many times I can bench press 225. They're looking at all those measurable pieces. Again, I'm still struggling. No idea where to go. No idea where to turn to. My mom and dad never were through this. They didn't know what to do. They thought I was getting a full ride to go somewhere to play baseball. I got involved in a youth group my junior year of high school. And I had a youth pastor that, he put his arm around me and he goes, Josh, he goes, you can do lots of great things. God's given you many, many talents athletically. But you can't do anything going down the road you're going. You're going to destroy yourself. And at that time, I, I really didn't take heed to that warning. Didn't think too much about it. I had people telling me that my whole life. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this. And everything on the athletic field was success, success, success. So I wasn't taken to that warning. That summer, I got invited to go to a summer camp down at Kentucky Christian College. It was a sports camp, and I actually went down there and played basketball. And at that camp, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. Totally changed my life radically and what I was going to do. I accepted Jesus Christ for the first time as a junior in high school. I was in church my whole life. I knew all the right things to say. What was different now? I really understood what a relationship meant. I understood what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. I understood that he wanted to know what my problems were, that he wanted me to follow him no matter what, even if it was hard, even if it didn't mean success on the field, on the court. I got back from that summer camp, and it was my senior year in high school. Again, I'm searching. All my friends are gone. Everybody that I used to hang out with, like, what's different about you? You don't want to come out with us on Friday night? You don't want to party on Saturday night? It's all this church stuff? Who are you? Are you even the same person that we know? As we go through my senior year, our sports teams were average at best. We didn't have the athletes around us that we had when I was a freshman. By the time baseball came around, I pretty much had it narrowed down. I was going to go to the University of Toledo. I had a half-ride scholarship to go there for baseball. I was playing on two different Legion summer teams. I thought everything was okay. Before I graduated high school, I ended up getting engaged to marry my wife. I know a lot of you are looking in here going, that's crazy. Looking back, that was crazy. I was crazy. But I've been married now for 13 years to my wife, and I have two wonderful children. God had a plan for me, had a plan for my life. At the time, I didn't understand. I don't know how my parents let me do that, or her parents let us do that. But they did. That summer, I graduated high school and was playing on those two Legion teams. I was playing in the Ohio State Championship for Legion Baseball one weekend, the Indiana State Championship the very next weekend. In that Indiana State Championship, I ended up throwing a pitch, 
and hearing this big pop. I ended up tearing all the cartilage in my rotator cuff. All on the front, all on the back. I was a pitcher, and I was a quarterback, and I was the point guard on the basketball team. All my accolades were ever in sports. They weren't in school. I graduated high school with less than a 2.0, not because I wasn't smart, because I didn't put forth any effort. I had a teacher tell me one time, you're the smartest dumb kid I ever knew. And it was true. I could ace the test, but I didn't do any homework. I did just enough to get by so I could play sports. Everything that I did in my life was based around sports. Everything was based on sports. In an instant, it was gone. No more. Three surgeries later, about ten different doctors telling me that I would never be able to raise my right arm up over my head ever again, telling me my baseball career is over, watching scholarship go away after scholarship go away after scholarship go away. Nobody wanted me. I was damaged goods. They were telling me I'd never throw again, let alone be able to throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball again. Now, just the summer before, I'm on cloud nine, saying, okay, God, use me. Show me what you want me to do. To the point where I'm at the bottom of the barrel going, God, why would you take this away from me? Why would you take away everything that I've ever wanted to do and you wash it away? I'm searching again. My wife was right there standing side by side with me saying it's going to be okay. Helping me through that. But more importantly, she pushed me to to lean on God. Ask God to show you the direction that you want to go, that he wants you to go, not that I want to go. As we're moving through this, I ended up going back down to Kentucky Christian College where the Holy Spirit got a hold of me in the first place. I started a youth group down there at a local church. I got involved in coaching baseball down there at a local high school and totally fell in love with the game in a whole other way. Fell in love with watching kids' faces light up when they get it for the very first time. And not only was I able to teach them the sport that I loved, but I was also able to share the message of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did to me and how he transformed my life and took me from that 10-year-old little boy that was traveling all over the state playing a game that I loved to be a young man that wanted to do what God wanted me to do. And it was cool to be able to see that. God ended up bringing me back a year later from that, and that was just a small little taste of what he had in store for me. At that time, I didn't understand. Didn't understand what he meant, what he wanted me to do. We ended up moving back to Wasion. Bought a house in Wasion. I ended up getting a job with one of my friends down at a, a steel company in Delta, Ohio, called Worthington Industries. Not too far from here. Started on the floor. Didn't have a college education. Didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And I'm searching again, saying, okay, God, you took me down there. You gave me this little taste of youth ministry. You gave me this taste of college. Why am I coming back here? Why is this the right place for me now? Ended up working there for almost nine years. Worked my way from a floor scrubber on the floor 
all the way up to I was the senior steel buyer in procurement when I left there, handling a $200 million steel inventory. Worthington ended up paying for me to go back to college, 100%. They allowed me to coach baseball, so I had a very flexible schedule. It was an awesome, awesome job. I loved being there. It was about five years ago when my boss comes to me and he tells me, he goes, Josh, your job's moving to Columbus. I want to know if you're interested in moving down there. I said, sure. I said, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere. I love my job. I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. So me and my wife, we go down to Columbus. They were going to pay for everything. They were going to pay for us to move. They were going to give us a housing allowance. Whole nine yards. We get down there. We start looking at houses one weekend. We come back and something just didn't feel right. Not only am I a Wolverine fan, so in Buckeye country, that wasn't a good thing, but <laughs> something just didn't feel right. So we prayed about it and prayed about it. Okay, God, you show us. Show us the way that you want us to go. When I come back, my boss said, so what do you think? I said, I, I really don't think this is for us. He goes, are you sure? I said, yeah, I don't think that this is the right move for us. And he goes, well, we're consolidating your department. So we're taking the nine other steel divisions all over the country, and we're bringing them to our, our national headquarters, which is in Columbus. So either you move or your job doesn't exist. I said, okay. I said, this isn't the right move for us. So again, I'm searching. God, what do you want for my life? What do you want me to do? I ended up signing a severance letter with Worthington, and they basically told me that my job existed for eight more months. And after eight months, I didn't have a position anymore. As this was all going on, I was working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Director. We've been doing some baseball stuff, ministry camps, that type of stuff in the area for a while. And I was helping him. And he comes to me and he goes, Josh, he goes, have you ever thought about coaching and ministering to kids full-time, coaches? I'm like, yeah, every day of my life, that's all I've ever wanted to do. And... He goes, well, I'd like you to come on staff. And I said, okay. So we started to pray through what that look, would look like. We started to talk about it some more. Now, I don't know if you guys know a whole lot about Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but basically we're missionary. We've got to raise our own support, just like if I was going to China or Nicaragua or anything like that. We're just a missionary right here in the United States. So for me, that was a whole different dynamic. Like, okay, now, now God, you're asking me to go raise money? I've got this real nice, stable job that yeah, I can just move to Columbus and it'll be okay. My job's not going away, but you want me to stay here and raise money? That's not me. I'm always the guy that people are asking money that I can give out, not me to go ask. That doesn't work. I can't do that. As we continue to pray through this process and God continue to open one door after another door after another door after another door, my job at Worthington, it got to seven months. Remember me telling you it was eight months was my severance letter. My boss comes back to me and he goes, Josh, he goes, I got something to tell you. I said, okay. He goes, your position here, if you want it to stay at Delta, is going to stay here. We tried to consolidate all these purchasing people. It's like none of them wanted to do it. They all took the same road you did. So we lost 90% of our workforce and we want you to stay. 
We want your job to be here. And we want you. So again, I'm going, okay, God. You've opened all these doors for me to go do full-time ministry. And now you're bringing this other one back? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I ended up staying with Worthington for about six more months. But God was working in me in such a way and working in my family in such a way that he told me, this is where I want you to be. I want you to be doing full-time ministry with Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Lenaway and Hillsdale County. And he made provisions every step of the way to make that happen. Now, to this day, I'll be honest, my dad thinks I'm the craziest person in the whole world. Doesn't understand why I would leave a Fortune 500 company, a really good-paying job that wasn't going anywhere, to come raise my own support. Doesn't make any sense to him. I'm going to share just a little bit with you right now about what FCA is. Maybe. If we're working here. There we go. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The vision of FCA is to see the world impacted for Jesus Christ through the influence of athletes and coaches. Our mission is to present athletes and coaches and all whom they influence the challenge and adventure of receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, serving him in in relationships and in the fellowship of the church. FCA is broken up into four different main areas. Coaches being the number one. And I don't know if you guys can read this in the bottom. I know it's black and I apologize for that. But here's what it says. It says, if you can reach a coach, you can reach a team. If you can reach a team, you can reach a campus. If you can reach a campus, you can reach a community. And camps function over all of those. Now, I want to share just real quickly with you the most influential person in today's society. That's a coach. If you guys have kids and you've ever asked them to go to bed at 10 o'clock because they've got a game tomorrow, and what do they tell you? Most of them are going to throw their arms up in the air. They're going to give you a mean look. They're going to go, "Ah, why? Why do I have to do this? But the two most powerful words that your son or daughter will ever say is, coach says. If coach tells them they need to go to bed, what are they going to do? They're going to go to bed. If coach says they need to be to practice at 6 a.m., they're going to be to practice at 6 a.m., Because coach says. But all too often, we look at who's coaching our kids, but we never ask the question, who's coaching the coaches? Coaches have taken a whole other role in our society today. A lot of the kids that are involved in their programs, they don't have their biological mom or biological dad at home. They have one or the other. They don't have both of them. So what role does that coach take? Their immediate family, right now, to more than 50% of the kids that they have in their programs. A lot of coaches don't understand how to deal with that. They know the X's and O's. They know how to get a kid motivated so they can play the sport on the field. They don't understand all this garbage that's going on alongside of this that impacts that kid, that young person that affects them on the field. So who's coaching the coaches? That's where FCA comes in. That's where I get to come alongside a coach. I get to listen to him. I get to share with him. I get this to be a sounding board for him. 
some of the resources that we use are books, videos, literature, Bibles. We offer a marriage retreat for coaches once a year through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And it's just a great way for us to be able to get coaches and their families and just to be able to uplift them and to be able to share. And it's just been an awesome experience. One thing I want to share with you, a book. It's called Lead for God's Sake. And I can get you guys a copy of that if you're interested. But there's a coach down in Wasion. He's a girls basketball coach. He was coaching for about 25 years. Won two state championships. And just an awesome, awesome man. But he didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. My boss, Rex Stump, actually put a book in this coach's hand. He went over to his house, knocked on the door. His son answered the door. And he said, can you give this book to your dad? He goes, yeah, my dad's really not a reader, but I'll give it to him. Hands the book to, to his son, leaves. About two days later, gets an email from that coach. Thanks for the book. I couldn't put it down. Finished it in two days. Rex was like, okay, can we sit down? Can we talk more about it? Long story short, out of the whole deal, two years later, his whole family was baptized and saved. All started by a little seed from a little book that was wrote by a guy that lives in Indiana. We've given away over 200 books, and actually it's about 500 now in the last year, to different coaches in the area with a lot of very similar results. We're planting seeds using a book. Nothing that we're doing. We're not doing it. The Holy Spirit's getting hold of these coaches. That's just a tool that we've seen life change happen. Team times. That's another great way when everybody says that Christ is no longer allowed in the public school. It's very hard to read because there's a lot of them up there. These are different teams that coaches allow Fellowship of Christian Athletes to come in and share once a week on core values. Some coaches allow us to bring the Bible in. Some, some coaches allow us to share Christ right there on the field with every one of their team, every one of their team members. It all depends on the coach. But there's lots of them that we're able to come and influence their whole team on their field once a week. It's just been an awesome, awesome experience to be able to see that. There's just some pictures of that. These are all public schools. Their team times, their camps. Campuses. Just real quick, real quick, I'll touch on campuses. Our campus is kind of our main structure of what we do within Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Our campus ministry is basically a small group that happens on the campus. So it'll either happen in the morning, it'll happen at lunchtime, it'll happen after school. Some schools even allow it in what they call a non-academic hour, where there's a study period that will allow FCA to happen on their, on their school campus. Normally it's a coach or student-led that happens right, right there on their school campus. These are just some of the school assemblies that we did last year. Um, we brought in Tanya Cravier, who was just here in Adrian about a week and a half ago. She spins basketballs and she share, shares her testimony. She came into these schools to do a school assembly. Just some of our, our campus huddles that we have, just here in Michigan. We've got Adrian College, Waldron High School, Tecumseh High School, Sand Creek High School, Clinton High School, Morency High School. Our middle schools are Clinton, Morency, and Waldron right here in Lenawee County. So it is happening here. When I came here two years ago, there was one campus here in Lenawee County. So we've done a really good job of being able to, to share the message, and these schools are starting to come on board. I will say this, Blissfield's very close. 
So Blissfield is very, very close to having a campus. I would say next year in August they will have a FCA huddle on their campus. Community. Some of our community things that we do um, are different events that we, we will offer. Tanya Cravier was one of them where she comes in and shares her testimony and spins basketballs. Um, another one is FCA baseball. This is something that I started four years ago before I was even on staff full-time, and that's club baseball, something that greatly impacted my life growing up as a young person. But what I wanted to be able to do is offer that same experience, be able to share the gospel. It's been awesome, and I can tell you story after story after story of people that come into our program They understand what we're about. We're Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We have a cross right on the top of our hat. They'll come in and say, I'm not a Christian. I want to play baseball with you because you've got the best baseball team. And all of a sudden, the door opens. We've got a common denominator. They want to play baseball. I can teach baseball, but I can teach so much more throughout the year. And like I said, I can share story after story of lives that have been changed because of sports because of those teams, because of some of my coaches that are involved in those kids' lives and still involved in those kids' lives today. It's just been really cool to watch God work. These are just some other pictures of community things that we do, our golf outing, our banquet, basketball leagues, travel teams, and then our camps. We've been doing summer camps. FCA started in 1956 out in Colorado Springs, Colorado, doing summer camps. It's one thing in northwest Ohio and southern Michigan that we haven't done a very good job in the last 10 years. And that was part of my mission when I came on staff, was to grow camp. And we've more than doubled our camp numbers here in Lenawee County in the last two years. Most of them happen in Adrian, but there's a lot of camps that are, that are going on. So if you want more information, check them out or check our website out. These are all high school bat- or football teams that are praying after their game. Student-led with the other team. Some of them are whole teams that are praying right after the game. Some basketball teams, soccer teams, all in the public school. This is my favorite picture. This happened two years ago in northwest Ohio. This is the league cross country, girls cross-country meet. Started with two girls at Ayersville High School that their whole goal within their FCA huddle was to get every girl to pray before the league meet at the end of the year. It all started with two of them. They started to share, this is what we want to do, this is what we want to do. This is the whole league. Every girl, every school, before the meet, circled up to pray. Here's just some pictures of our FCA baseball teams. We started with two teams five years ago. To the point where we have 13 teams right now. So it's grown very, very quickly. And I would say probably 50% of them are unchurched kids. Kids that just want to play baseball. Even though, as you can see, there's a cross right on our hat. There's a cross right on our chest. Of what we're about and what we're doing. I want to end with this. Some of you guys have probably seen this, but I think this is a great analogy. Can you guys tell me what this is? It's a basketball, right? I don't think anybody's going to argue with me that this is a basketball. You think this basketball is going to work? Like it's supposed to? 
Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I can bounce it all I want. It's not coming back to me. I can't shoot it. I mean, I could, but it's not going to work very good. It's just going to squish down. It's going to be nothing. This basketball represents me. It represents me before I knew what a relationship with Jesus Christ meant. Everybody knew who I was and what I was. Nobody would argue with it. I was a good athlete. I had a lot of talent. But I couldn't get used like I was supposed to be used. The air in this basketball represents Jesus. Now all of a sudden, I'm still a basketball. I've still got a lot of talent. But I bounce. I can be used like God wants me to be used, intended for me to be used. That summer camp, that youth pastor, those people that influenced my life, prodded and poked me for the best decision that I could ever make, and that's accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I went from that basketball that was totally deflated, couldn't be used, to a basketball that is def- that's inflated and seeking to do God's will. That's my prayer for you today, that if you've got an idol in your heart, something Pastor Gail's been talking about since the beginning of the year, there's something that's holding it back, is to give it to God. Because he can heal all. He can take it all away. He can go from that ball that's deflated to being used by God and going in that direction. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you for this wonderful day of life and just thank you for everything that you've blessed us with, Lord. I just ask now, Lord, if there's anybody here in, the, in this audience, Lord, that, that's deflated, that just doesn't have the air in them, Lord, that doesn't understand who your son is and what he came to do for each and every one of us, that you would be stern in their hearts, Lord, that they would talk to the right people here, that they would want to know more, that they would want to go in the direction that, that you want them to go, not in the direction that they think they need to go, Lord that that would just be torn down, ripped away. We love you, Lord, and just help us as we continue to go that you would be with us and guiding and direct us. We love you. In your son's precious name I pray, amen. Thank you.